Welcome back to another episode of Unwritten Rules, an Iowa Cubs podcast. I'm Randy Wayhofer, Vice President and Assistant GM of the team, and very pleased to be joined by a special guest, Dan Simon of Studio Simon. And uh, Dan and I have known each other for a while, uh, but uh, you will know his work as you get to know him as uh, the developer of our brand new cap logo unveiled uh, last fall, and then also the developer of our Iowa caucuses uh, identity uh, a couple of seasons ago. Uh, and and I got to know Dan when we redid the Burlington Bees brand, uh, what feels like 100 years ago now in, in my lifetime, and, and, and unveiled those things. So Dan, first of all, uh, welcome to uh, the Iowa Cubs Unwritten Rules podcast. Thanks for joining us. Well, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm really looking forward to this, uh, to this conversation we're going to have. Before we kind of dive into some of the Iowa Cubs stuff, uh, tell people a little bit about all the different things that you've done. Uh, you've worked with probably dozens, if not more, uh, of teams. And I know you've done some really cool things with uh, uh, Major League Sports uh, and the NFL. Uh, what are some of the, the highlight projects of your career and things that you've been involved in from an from a overview standpoint? Well, with regard to how many, you mentioned probably dozens of teams. I used to keep track of that. And when I got to about, um, uh, I don't know, 80 or 90, I, uh, you know, different teams with which I've worked, I, I stopped counting. So I think at this point it's over 100. Um, the majority of what I do is in the baseball arena, and the majority of that work is in the the minor league baseball arena. Um, I also include collegiate summer league uh, in that category, even though it's not technically minor league baseball, nor is it professional baseball. But since so many teams now are used in the collegiate baseball arena are using uh, the minor league baseball business model, um, they're in in effect, they're like minor league baseball teams. so I've done a number of, of identities in for collegiate summer league teams as well. But in addition to baseball, I've, I've done projects in practically every other sport. Ba- uh, in addition to baseball, football, basketball, hockey, golf, horse racing, soccer, um, track and field. I, I'm probably leaving some out. Um, some of the notable projects, I've done two Super Bowl logos, uh, two NFL Pro Bowl logos. I've done, um, in addition to team identities, I do, I do event identities like, you know, Super Bowl, All-Star Games, other things like that, uh, venue identities, you know, uh, stadium and arena logos, um, commemorative logos, really full service sports branding. Um, so. I could go on because there's a, there's a lot of that work, but hopefully that answers that question. Yeah. Well, I mean, that, that, that was the scene I wanted to set for uh, what, you know, as we got into the details of the, the, the scope of the different things that, that you've worked on. And as you look back now, do you remember the first project and how you got started? I mean, it, as you list off the things, it, I imagine it's kind of like a snowball. Somebody sees what you did and you get recommended and it goes from there. But it can't be easy to have kind of broken through uh, to get that first shot of those fir- first couple of cracks at, at being involved uh, to end up doing Super Bowl uh, identities and, and things like that. What was your first one and how'd you get started? Okay, that's a really long story. 
Marie. So let's see if I can give you give the uh, what do they call it the elevator pitch version of it. Um, well, first of all, I, I kind of have two first projects. The first sports project I ever did was before I was in the business of sports branding. It was it was in my first year as a a professional graphic designer. I wasn't even on staff yet. I was working freelance for a place uh, in Los Angeles where I was living at the time that doesn't exist anymore. And I did the logo for something called Dodger Vision. Now this goes back to, I'm gonna be dating myself here, but this goes back to 1984 or 80, the very end of 1984, the very beginning of 1985. So that's a, a really long time ago. So this, this predates, um, uh, you know, all the streaming services and things like that. This Dodger Vision was, I think it was like a cable TV station. Uh, and th the place I was working at was not even, it wasn't a sports branding place. It was just a graphic design place. Matter of fact, most of the stuff they did as a lot of design, firms in Los Angeles do was entertainment work. Sure. Um, and so I did this logo for Dodger Vision. So that was my first sports project, but not my sports project, number one, and not when I was in sports branding. Um, the first sports branding project I got. Now, when you, Randy, when you say it's, it's not easy to, um, uh, it must not be easy to get get going this it, there's a very long story about how i got going but the the short of it is my my parents were at a um a, a wedding reception and they were seated at a table next door to the uncle no it was an uncle <laughs> the bride's mother's cousin there you go my dad was sitting next to the bride's mother's cousin and that guy, now your listeners may not know this name, but you guys might. Um, Randy, you've been in the business for a while, so I'd like to think you know this name. Do you know who Marvin Goldklang is? Yeah. Okay. For those listeners who don't know who Marvin Goldklang is, he, he heads up, um, I think he might have he might be retired now, but maybe not. For a long time, he headed up the Gold Clang Group, which was a, a baseball ownership group that owned, that owned, I'm, I'm gonna say past tense because some of these teams they don't own anymore. Some, and some of that not owning anymore is recent because uh, like the Hudson Valley Renegades, they just recently got sold to a, a, a big group. Well, so did the Iowa Cubs. Yeah, they're not, they're not okay. part of us. You know all about that then. So the Hudson Valley Renegades, the St. Paul Saints. He's the still Charles with the Saints. Uh, he's still with uh, – Marv's still with the St. Paul Saints. He's still in all of our AAA calls because they're now in our league that they've joined AAA baseball. So that that's how – I knew of Marv before, but that's how I've gotten to know him uh, better here in the last year uh, right, so, with St. Paul joining the league. Yeah, and then Charleston River Dogs, which I think got sold um, – they had an independent team, the Broxton Rocks or something like that. Four or five, maybe even six teams. I, 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 I don't really remember. So, um, so my dad's sitting next to this guy. My dad's a major sports fan, so they get to talking sports. And I'm, I wasn't there, so I'm, I'm, I'm relaying this, you know, third hand. Um, 
and they, uh, I guess when, when the conversation got around to what do you do, Marvin said he, he owns sports teams. And my dad said, my son's a designer and he wants to do sports design. Now, right at that time, I think the only team they owned at that time was the Fort Myers Miracle, uh, which for whatever it's worth, used to be the Miami Miracle. They moved it to Fort Myers and they were a minor league baseball team, but they were something that doesn't exist anymore. An independent minor league baseball team playing in the affiliated minor leagues, Um, meaning they got their own players, but they played against minor league teams of the Yankees and the Pirates and whatever other teams might have been in the league. Um, but they had just signed an affiliation agreement with the Minnesota Twins. So now they were going to be a truly affiliated team and they wanted to update their brand identity to reflect the look of who was going to be their new parent club, the Twins. Um, and so Marvin told my dad to, um, to have his son, me, give him, give him a call, which I did. Um, and I got the job redesigning doing a brand update, we'll call it, for the Fort Myers Miracle. That was 1993. Um, And that was the first. So it was thankful. There's always these weird starts. I know somebody who got his first job in design because of a a turkey sandwich. And that's that's his own story. Maybe someday he'll come on your podcast and and tell that story. But I I got it because of a, a, a wedding reception. (laughs) <laughs> the turkey sandwich thing sounds like a Seinfeld episode, but that would be uh, uh, that that would be a, a, a good story too. We're visiting with Dan Simon of Studio Simon, uh, and this is uh, Randy Wayhofer on the Unwritten Rules and Iowa Cubs podcast. As you have surmised, uh, we don't talk about players and records and things. We try to pull back the curtain and talk about how things go behind the scenes of of minor league baseball and the fun we have is uh, being part of this industry. And 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 Dan with a long history of designing uh, logos, has uh, done a lot of work for us here recently. Uh, and let's dive into the, the new cap logo that we unveiled last fall. Um, and, and I'm sure this is probably not the first time you did it in your career, but um, we sprung this on you kind of in a working backwards uh, kind of way. Normally you would develop this kind of logo as the offshoot of a bigger rebrand and things, but we were just looking for a way to complement the the tradition of the Iowa Cubs, but find something that was unique to us. So uh, do you remember uh, uh, we had kind of talked about this in a little bit of a precursor leading up in in some of our our past projects, but when people bring you these kinds of ideas, uh, where do you start? And and, and particularly with ours, what what were the the first curiosities that you had as to what we were trying to get after to, uh, to start your process? Well, in this case, it was a fairly straightforward um, undertaking um, because you knew coming when you came to me, you knew what you wanted to do. Um, obviously, on any project, what what a client wants to do is have something created for them. Um, but a lot of times the clients know they need a brand identity. But sometimes they've got a pretty good idea of what they might be looking for. Sometimes they have no idea. I've worked with a number of teams 
not just on creating brand new brand identities, um, as opposed to like in the case with the Fort Myers Miracle, where it was a brand update um, or a rebrand, but, you know, teams that are, are starting from scratch. Um, and I also work to help name those teams. Uh, not always. Sometimes they've got the name already decided, but sometimes they're real. They're truly starting from from scratch. Um, but then in other cases, like with you, um, in this case, um, you knew what you wanted to do, which was to do a bear or cub head logo with that was that was based on not an exact replication of, but that grew out of your mascot. Mm -hmm. um, so that that's about as as straightforward as it gets. It, there was not room for or need for, I should say, um, interpretation there, except from the standpoint of how do we make what's otherwise a character into a graphic logo and that's that's where the interpretation did come in but cub head logo based on the mascot and you know and, and our motivation behind that was we may have been the only team or one of very few that didn't have a character-based cap logo as part of their family of marks well you know minor league baseball forever and based on your work and longevity of it is known for having creative caps not just a c for the chicago cubs or ny or la or uh the way major league teams kind of brand their things and the the classicness of that but minor league baseball has always been known for those characters and we really didn't have that as as part of our portfolio and that that was the 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 interesting part of or, or the the impetus I should say uh, of of why we came to you with that, but the really hard part then was how do you create something unique out of something so common? There's about a billion teams that have some sort of bear uh, identity to them in the world. So um, how did you attack that as the person that needed to put it on paper? Because I know from our conversations you know very well the importance of trademarking and 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 how it has to be unique and and how those things go so when i i come to you with something that says we need something unique out of something that's very common uh how do you even begin to to wrap your mind around that and and not fall into i like what this was and maybe even unintentionally copy some things that that you're familiar with well to your point the world of sports has so many logos already in it. And when I say the world of sports, we're not just talking about baseball, football, basketball, hockey, et cetera, et cetera, plus uh, the different levels from coll collegiate summer league ball up to major league baseball and everything that's in between that. Uh, and speaking of collegiate leagues, you also have colleges. They're the, the number of um, logos out there is it, it's it's not endless, of course, because it can be quantified, but it's 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 virtually endless. And to to uh, to, to not complicate matters, but to uh, one of the things that made it even tougher in this case is I had just coincidentally previously done three Cubs minor league affiliate identities, the Daytona Cubs, who are now the Daytona Tortugas, which I, I also did, but the Daytona Cubs were the first. 
And then in the same season, same off season, I did the South Bend Cubs and the Tennessee Smokies, who are a Cubs affiliate and whose logo already had a bear in it. Um, and they all wanted them to be reminiscent of the Cubs identity, where to say reminiscent, it, not they didn't want to copy, they didn't want it to look just like that, they just wanted it to feel like part of the, the same family. So, um, so that was this one, the, the, the Iowa Cubs Cub head logo was, uh, was the fourth one. And one of the things that, that, in, that made this, even though it's, it's a challenge to do one bear that looks like something that's not already out there. Think about how many bears are out there with all the different identities I, uh, we just talked about. Um, but having done three Cubs affiliates previously, but because this one was being based on your mascot, I had a direction that didn't involve me having to figure out, okay, what do we really do differently here? Um, the challenge was making a logo out of a, the costume mascot, which um, when I say challenge, wasn't the hardest <laughs> project I've ever had, but um, you know, every project has its challenges. And this, in this case, it was, it was having something that when you looked at it, you get that, okay, it, it's based out of our mascot, but it's not the mascot. Because as you said earlier, um, this project kind of worked backwards because normally what happens is I will develop the, the logo part of a project and then we, do, we create a mascot based on the logo. In this case, it was flipped around and, um, and that's how that was done. The thing that really amazed me as part of the process is as you narrowed in on on a concept that uh, uh, you sent me an email one day and said, uh, "Tell me about the emotion that you want that the the character to represent." And then, like twenty minutes later, I, I was in a meeting and I didn't get back to you right away. And then, a very short time later, whatever it was, I got another email, and there were at least twelve, if not sixteen, different versions of the logo. And subtly, you had created. 12 to 16 different emotions on this face of this logo to give us to choose from. And if you held it all the way arm's length away from your face, you went, well, there's, you copied and pasted. And then you started looking and you realized the intricacy of the little details that were, were different. And I'm sure that's, uh, it amazed me how you were able to capture such a wide variety of things in such subtle ways. Is that a fair way to sum up what makes someone like you really good at what you do and the nuance of the subtlety of it and not just the big picture concept? Uh, yes, I would say <laughs> that that's exactly. Um, it's, it's, what's interesting is I don't consider myself an illustrator. I consider myself a designer. And I think by, by definition, that's exactly what I am. But uh I realize so much of, of uh, what I do is indeed illustration, but it, it's weird. I don't, I don't even consider myself an artist. I guess I am, but the way the, listening to you describe it, it's like, well, yeah, I guess I do. That is what I am, but I, it, it's, it's kind of a weird thing with me. I don't think of myself that way, but I guess that's what, what I am and what I, who I am and what I do. Uh, uh, you, you, 
allowed us to capture. And, and when I did get back to you, the word we looked for was fierce. We wanted, you know, Cubby Bear is lovable and huggable. And, uh, you know, that's how we introduce him every day as uh, our mascot, the lovable and the huggable Cubby Bear. He doesn't do a lot of dance moves or gymnastics. He poses for pictures and gives high fives to kids. That's what Cubby's job is uh, at the ballpark. But to put this logo on a hat where a AAA team and guys who have spent time in the big leagues are going to have some sort of pride in their competitive spirit to represent our club and, and our community when they're playing on the field. We wanted – the word was fierce that I kept kind of going to, and um, you know, I, I think you did a wonderful job of, of providing that. And that was some of the comments we, we got when we unveiled it was, this is cool, uh, Cubby got tough uh, all of a sudden. So I, 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 I think we, we, we passed all those things very well. So um, it's been very well received. I, I hope uh, you're as proud of it as, as, as we are for sure. Oh, I, de I definitely am. You know, you, you mentioned the word fierce. Um, in real life, bears, especially a bear like a grizzly bear, um, you know, they're, they're be, they could be beyond fierce. You know, they're, they're kill, they, they can kill you and they have killed humans. So, you know, when you said fierce, there's fierce and then there's the other word you used, which is tough. Um, you don't, you don't want this logo, not you. One does not want this logo, uh, the artwork to look like this bear is about to rip your throat open. You know, you just want like your like like your players. You want want him to be you know a tough competitor with his game face on, and that's that's what hopefully is what we achieved with this. Dan Simon is our guest from Studio Simon. Uh, he developed the, the new Iowa Cubs cap logo that we unveiled last fall that we've been talking about, but a couple of years ago also helped us develop our Iowa caucuses uh, identity. And for, from a process standpoint, this was kind of an opposite thing. We were starting from nothing, and we were trying to create a personality for an inanimate object. There was, you know, you didn't have uh, uh, all the different bears to choose from. Uh, we we kind of started from scratch, and it was a, a different process and a different selection. And and all the ideas I gave you and and some concepts, and then you gave me back something a thousand times better than I presented you with uh, uh, making a character out of the the state of Iowa. We had talked about an eagle or uh, some of the different things that represent you know the American process and the voting process, and we were trying to be very nonpartisan uh, with with all of this, but. Um, take us back a, a little bit as to, you know, you do a lot of listening when we have those conversations, and I appreciate that. Um, where did the inspiration for turning the state of Iowa into a character come from in, in your process of, of helping to create that? Well, I don't remember where the, you mentioned the eagle, and that's, I was just coincidentally, even before I knew I, I was, to be having this conversation with you just uh, one of one of the days earlier this week i was looking at i think i was just going through some files to try to find something and i just happened upon the the original sketch i had done before the the state of iowa direction uh, and it was it was that eagle and i i, th I think maybe that was the, an idea i had and i I remember at first I was thinking, okay, that that's the way to go on this. We're going to make an an, an eagle, you know, the, the symbol of the United States, and this would be appropriate for an election themed um, uh, identity. 
And as soon as I sketched it out, I, I work in pencil on paper first before I bring things into the computer. Um, it just didn't, it didn't do anything for me. I just, I remember looking at it thinking, it seemed like the obvious answer, but it's, to, to quote the uh, social media, it was just meh, you know, it, uh, <laughs> and it, it didn't feel special. And Randy, to be honest, I don't remember what the inspiration was for anthropomorphizing the, uh, the state silhouette of, of Iowa. That idea is just, you know, they just come to you or they don't. Right. And at some point, it, you know, it just came to me. And I've, using the word anthropomorphize, for those of you who don't do what I do, I anthropomize things all the time. And that means to give human qualities to an animal or, or an inanimate object. And doing minor league identities, I've anthropomorphized practically everything from every type of animal and insect and fish and uh, to, to inanimate objects, a lot of foods, ears of corn, nuts, um, lightning bolts, hammers, I can go on and on and on. Uh, and so to, you might think, well, what can you do with the state of Iowa? Well, the reality is you put a face and hands and eggs and a hat on anything and it becomes a character. And this one is, and I'm not just saying this because I'm, I'm on this podcast with you. This is one of my all time favorites. It, it, it just, I don't even know why such a simple thing like the silhouette of a state lent itself so well to a logo, but, but it, it really did. And I'm, I'm, I'm tickled by the, the result. Well, it continues to be popular. The The last real version of the Iowa caucuses was a little bit of a mess uh, process-wise, uh, but we uh, – uh, we are there. It's a great source of pride for the state and a great tie for us. And you, uh, as part of this, uh, ironically, New Hampshire uh, did the New Hampshire primaries uh, as as part of their identity, and you worked on that with them. So this kind of idea wasn't foreign to you. Uh, and that wasn't why we had sought you out for the project, but it turns out, you know, it, it was uh, also a good kind of foundational base of. Uh, finding the right balance between what their goals were and, and what our ours were because um, it was a little bit different. Yeah. The um, that's actually one of the, the, the biggest shames of anything I've done, not shame on me, but the shame was that now keep in mind, this was, I'd, I'd have to look to see what year it was, but this was 15 years ago, maybe. Um, and even though there were fun minor league identities at that time, things had not gotten to where they've gotten now, where we've got rumble ponies and um, chihuahuas and all the, some of the crazier identities out there. The blue wahoos uh, and so Yeah. Forth. Yeah. The, and, and so when that, that identity was completely done. A full team brand identity was done. And when they unveiled it, um, the vocal minority raised a fuss. They didn't like it. It was unusual for, for minor league baseball, even with the fun logos that did exist at the time. Chattanooga Lookouts, for instance, you, you know, back then, maybe the Greensboro Bats 
you know, there were still these some cartoony logos out there that, that were fun, but the name was a little bit different. It's one thing to be the Greensboro Bats and, and have a cartoony logo, but they, they weren't named, you know, like Rumble Ponies or, right. or something like, like some of the more over the top names this that now exist. And so the vocal minority made a fuss and and it took the 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 team by surprise and they they said, Whoa, okay, okay, we hear you. Um and then they did a name the team contest and based on that they they did the um they named the team the New Hampshire Fisher Cats. And that's not a made up name. There's actually a thing called a Fisher Cat, which is not a cat at all. It's it's more in the um guess sort of the weasel family. Um, and I did that identity for them. It's since been redone. So their common identity is not the one I did. But anyway, after that was all done, then we started hearing from the silent majority, the people from all over. I remember being at the baseball winter meetings and people coming up, up to me and saying, um, oh, it's such a shame we love the we love what you did with the primaries identity we we, we wish they had gone with that and um in my opinion what they should have done was at some point changed back to the primaries which they they're they're not doing i actually recommended it to them um when they when they were going to do the brand update that's their current identity. I said, you already have your brand update. It's the New Hampshire primaries. And they said, now we're going to stay the, uh, the Fisher cats. They do use it as an alternate identity and, and do sell, I guess they wear it a couple of times a year and, and, and keep their merchandise store stocked with um, um, primaries, apparel caps and shirts, I guess. Um, I actually, I saw Adam Sandler was uh I saw a picture of Adam Sandler wearing a New Hampshire primary shirt, and I got a kick out of that. Um, so yeah, I, it's just a shame because that was that was such a cool idea. It was just a little bit too much before its time. Well, New Hampshire may have Adam Sandler, but one of the first people to buy an Iowa caucuses hat was Eddie Vedder of uh, Pearl Jam. He he showed up at our ballpark one day unannounced. I'd, I got a call uh, from one of our ops guys saying, I think Eddie Vedder's in the store. And I said, come on. He goes, no, go check it out. Uh, and he was on his way to the airport. He was here for something in and out for just a couple hours uh, and is obviously a big Cub fan, knew the, the AAA stadium was there. And he stopped in 30 minutes before we opened the gates and he bought some stuff, including uh, several of the Iowa caucuses hats to, to take back to um, Seattle with them. So um, we're, we're in good company in your celebrity in, endorser list. Well, that, that's uh, thank you for sharing that with me. I was un, not aware of that. And that's really cool. You know what? Anytime, anytime I get to see my work in the wild, you know, it's one thing when I, I know a team's going to be wearing it, but when you see a fan of just an average person on the street um, wearing something I did, I, I, I never fail to get a major kick out of it. And when it's somebody like Eddie Vedder or Adam Sandler or Kevin James, he, he on some show he he's on or was on, not not whatever he was wearing. I forget which one it was wearing something else that that's really cool. 
Uh, to wrap up with you, Dan, uh, today, one of the things that I was really curious about, and you mentioned earlier how you start with pencil and paper for the, uh, the, w your, your process. How challenging has it been with the technology over the course of your career? Uh, I, I, I admire from afar just the idea uh, that you've been able to do this so long. Uh, I have a hard time using a computer to sign my name uh, for a, a form, let alone convert something that I could do on paper to something that I could, I could do on a screen. How, how have you gone about trying to keep up with all the different ways technology allows you to expand and build upon your bricks and mortar skill set in, in a bad analogy uh, of uh, how you take ideas from your head and, and, and put them down into something tangible? Well, I'll, I'm the first to admit I am a major dinosaur. Um, when it comes to technology, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the dad that children roll their eyes at, you know? <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I've had to ask my son, how do I do this? Or more accurately, do this for me. Um, I actually was just having a problem with, uh, with one of my, with Adobe Illustrator, which is the, the main, uh, it's, but I used 95% of the time, you know, I use Photoshop a little, Adobe Acrobat for some stuff, um, but Adobe Illustrator, the great majority of the time, and it was quitting on me today. And then I couldn't, I couldn't shut it down, and I was having problems, and I was freaking out because I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to fix it. Now, knock on wood, ultimately I did just shortly before this uh, conversation started. Um, but so I don't know, I don't know a lot about technology, but I know how to use the two or three software <laughs> applications that that I that I use and and frankly the the computer has made um, I, I'm old enough that my job as a graphic designer predates computers in the design workplace um, and when I think back to how we did things it's really, it's such an antiquated thing. It's like, it's, it's like horse and buggy compared to, you know, a Tesla. Um, and, and so computers have made what I do much easier. Um, like just the, the idea of, I remember the first time my boss was telling me about, <laughs> about computers that can be used for graphic design. We didn't yet have them. And he said, you can just click on something and change the color like that. And, and it was like, it was like discovering fire. <laughs> you know, it's like, we don't have to eat this raw. We can cook it and it tastes better. Um, and, and the things we take for granted now um, are, are just amazing. Um, and so thank goodness for computers. Well, uh, I have great appreciation. Um, I am the least, I can draw a stick figure and a baseball diamond. Those are about the two things that I can uh, have people recognize uh, as, as something that leaves my fingers and, and goes onto paper. I have great admiration and appreciation for people who can uh, create things uh, the way you have. Uh, I've really enjoyed 
the processes of going through these things with you. Uh, never in my wildest dreams would a, would a C art student um, in elementary school uh, be part of developing logos. And now I've done it three times and you've done all the work uh, <laughs> uh, for that and, and things that I get to be associated with it. So um, uh, thank you for the work that you've done for us. Uh, there's uh, a lot of fun things around minor league baseball that, that we've talked about. Um, and, and I'm really glad that we could introduce you to, to our fans to know some of the stories behind our identities, but how all this kind of stuff happens uh, around the industry and the, the teams that come in to play us and, and all those sorts of things. So, uh, Dan, thank you so much for your time. And uh, I look forward to somebody on our staff having a new brilliant idea, things that we can do where we can work together again. I'm looking forward to that. And please give yourself a little more credit than uh, than what you just uh, laid out there, because um, even though I'm doing when it comes to these brand identities, I'm doing the, the hands on work. Uh, every project is a collaborative effort and good things come out of good co collaborations. And that's what that's what we've experienced on these two projects. And. I'm looking forward to to the next one because everything we've done has been so much fun um, and I'm looking forward to more fun. So it's what minor league baseball is all about. And you guys are good at, at presenting your product to the fans in that manner. And I'm, I'm happy to be, uh, I'm thrilled to be a part of what you, you are delivering to the Iowa Cubs fans. So thank you. Oh, thanks for that. He's Dan Simon, I'm Randy Wayhofer. This has been Unwritten Rules, an Iowa Cubs podcast. Uh, look for new episodes throughout uh, the season, and we'll uh, have more of these fun conversations diving into the behind-the-scenes world of minor league baseball and all the different things that we get to be a part of and, and do uh, to create experiences at the ballpark for you and your family. So until next time, thanks for listening. Be sure to like, subscribe, and uh, share on all the different places you get your podcasts.